welcome to The Hive Podcast, a show that helps inspire you to pursue your passions and ambitions. My name is Jared Spink and I'm your host. I'm a photographer, videographer, and entrepreneur. Join me as I sit down with other entrepreneurs and creators to learn more about their process, how they've built communities around their brands, and the experiences they've had along the way. I hope that these conversations inspire you to pursue your goals. You're listening to The Hive Podcast. Welcome back to the Hive Podcast. We have a great guest in store for you guys this week. We have Tom Buck. Uh, Tom has a, a really fantastic YouTube channel. He's an all-around great creator and excited to have him on the show today. Tom, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate the super kind introduction. Man, I, I've uh, I've been following your channel. Um, it was a YouTube recommendation. Um maybe like four months ago. And ever since I found your channel, man, I've been hooked. I mean, just all your videos have this like crisp, clean, consistent look. And then, I mean, the information, the way you deliver it is just, it's fantastic. If anybody's looking for a good like <laughs> tutorial channel or, or review channel, um, it's done in just a, such a simple way. And it's all like consumer level stuff, you know, it's nothing that's out of yeah. reach to somebody. Yeah. Uh, Thanks. I'm glad to hear YouTube is as actually recommending it. Uh, <laughs> that makes me glad. But yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of the goal is uh, for the person who's sort of where I'm at, where you want to make really good stuff, um, but you're you're an independent, you know, person. So you don't have the budget of a studio. You don't have, you know, that kind of financial backing behind you to go drop ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars on a camera or something. But you don't want the entry level like Costco special. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But where's that fine line? Like, what what can you do with stuff that's pretty readily available? Um, that's something that I've always been excited about. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I uh, I binge watched your channel for a while when I first found it, and it was definitely a, I mean an influence to me. Um, getting the gear that I I have for this podcast, watching you know some of your roadcaster videos and and uh, your different mic reviews, it's uh, it's been extremely helpful for me. So. Um, cool. Are you are you recording this with a pod mic right now? I am recording it with a pod mic. Oh, <laughs> are you? <laughs> Me too. Cool. Okay. Yes, I yeah. am. Um, yeah, I bought I bought a kit off uh, Adorama, I think it was. Um, yeah, and it came with two. I picked up a third that way. If I have two guests, you know, I can right. have them using the same mic. But um, it's a great setup, and I, um, you know, with a little bit of fine tuning and post, you can get it really sounding good. Yeah, super versatile. Um, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, 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 there's some great expensive mics out there, but for the cost, I mean, you can get four pod mics and it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's for budget. I, I don't know. It's an all in one thing. And for budget minded person, it's good results and everything like will last forever because you can get cheaper stuff, but it's cheaper. So it'll fall apart. And I like, I don't know, road kind of hits that sweet spot for me. Not that this is like a sponsored road video or podcast, yeah. but they just they just kind of land right there where I'm like, I need this thing. And there's like, oh, here's the right price, the right features. Um, I don't know. It just I didn't realize how much road stuff I had until I started making the videos. And it was like, oh, God, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, it's all over. They um, they just sent me like a, a care package with a bunch of stuff and it just like immediately tripled all my road stuff. <laughs> I can't wait to try. Yeah, it out, I think I think I'm getting. Stuff. A, they said they're sending me a care package, which would be my first one, um, but I haven't gotten it yet. So cool, man! Yeah, I'm interested. It's uh, 
it was a good one. Uh, they let me request some stuff too. So oh. I'm super, super stoked. Um, I do have to do some stuff from photos and whatnot for them um, in exchange, but Hey, I'm, I'm happy for the care package. Yeah, that's fun. I didn't, I didn't get that level of care back. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get I some cool get, like, stuff. stickers and stuff. I, I really yeah. want to try the, um, not try, but I would love to get some of their accessories. They just came out for the, for the roadcaster. I mean, I think those, yeah. uh, those color pins or whatever they're calling them is a fantastic idea when you have more than, uh, two people, you know? Yeah. I know you can just use, you know, you can use gaff tape or whatever, but that's just such a clean, it's just so clean, <laughs> um, that I love it. It just works. Yep. And then, uh, I mean, the key is that, uh, uh, that adapter to be able to use a battery pack. Right. Oh. I know that's interesting because then you can just take this thing anywhere and I don't know, people can podcast like on the subway. Yeah. I think, I think it'd be cool. Like, uh, you know, at some live events, you could just have a podcast and you, you don't need to worry about power at all. Yeah. Or conventions and conferences and things where it's like you meet people and you're like, oh, I wish we could. And you're like, oh, we can. Yep. Because it's right here. Yep. And we don't need to worry about taping down cables or anything. Great. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So, Enough about uh, road and yeah. the roadcaster. Um, <laughs> Tom, tell us about yourself. Who is for those that don't know you? Who is Tom Buck? That uh, I'm still figuring it out, but what I've discovered so far is uh, I'm a high school digital media teacher, so that's my day job. Um, and I've been into like cameras and video production and all that stuff pretty much my whole life. And so, luckily, I can teach that as my day job. And then about three years ago, I started my YouTube channel which is the Enthusiasm Project. And that was kind of a way to have a creative outlet outside of work. And that has uh, now slowly come to dominate every second that I'm not at work. Um, and that's, those are my main things there. And so that's uh, a lot of video production kind of tutorials, reviews, uh, just videos about all that stuff that I love. Um, as a school teacher, a digital media teacher, I mean, what uh, what grade are you teaching or... I, I do 9 through 12, so all high school grades, um, and it's a four-year pathway that I got to write the curriculum for and develop and do all that, which is really cool because yeah. then I got to just make it all up to suit me. Um, and the cool part is you have the students for potentially all four years, so it's not just like one year, but you keep coming back and doing more and more. And by the time like a really annoying freshman becomes a junior or a senior, the level of progress is ridiculous and some of the stuff they're capable of doing and the stuff that they learn about themselves, it's uh, it's like immensely rewarding. That's awesome. Have you uh, uh, been able to try out a bunch of uh, stuff that the school has bought be before you've decided to go and buy it? Oh, yes. Uh, there's, there's a lot of times where on my channel, if you're like, if I'm reviewing like, here's my lens against this other expensive lens, chances are... <laughs> that that's where it came from um or i rented it from somewhere but it, it's kind of cool because like literally we got a, while, a couple years ago we got like the c100 mark ii canon's one of their big bigger cinema cameras mm -hmm. and it's awesome um i didn't know how to use it and you know i didn't want to just give it to students if i didn't even know anything about it so it was like darn i guess i got to take this thing home during summer break and like figure out how to use it uh and then i did and it was really fun oh shucks and, yeah, I know. It's rough. <laughs> it's the sacrifice. Um, <laughs> that's good homework. And so that, yeah, that stuff is fun. And then it's also vice versa because a lot of times, especially just starting the program a few years back, it was like I knew the stuff that I liked, that I trusted, that was durable. Um, and so it was like it's kind of either I have this and the school should have it too or the school got this and it's great so I want to get it too. And it's, it's, like, it's really fun to have like this big gear locker 
that I can play in. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a, a dream for for most of us. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's start. Let's start diving into your uh, your YouTube journey. How long have you been on YouTube? Um, actually, next month, well, June of 2020, will be three years. Man, that's a it is a long that's a long time. Um, what got you into it? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know how long, you know, you've been podcasting or or getting into stuff, but I know for me, before I do something, I spend a lot of time thinking like, I really wish I could do this. And I feel like a lot of people who want to make stuff do that. Like I want to start this channel. I want to start a podcast, a business, whatever. And I spent like, God, um, I don't know, six years just like watching YouTube videos and being like, this is so cool. Like these people can do this stuff. And it's literally like someone in their home office, like sitting at a desk, Mm -hmm. you know, back in 2012 when production value wasn't even as much of a thing. And it's just like, why? It's a free account. Like you can, anyone could just sign up and click it, but it, it just never kind of got there. And I was like, I want to do it. Like I have all this gear. I want to make something, but like, who am I to want people to listen to me and you know what would I make videos about and all those kinds of things just kind of kept creeping in and then it was it was about three years ago I had students actually or no this was maybe four it was during Casey Neistat's daily vlog phase so I guess it was like 2016 Um, a lot of my students were just all over his videos and I had no idea who he was and so they were recommending him and finally I was like okay I'll do my due diligence who is this guy what is he about and then I just loved his videos so much and they were so engaging. They were done so well, but they were also so rough around the edges that it made it seem like anybody could do that. And for some reason that just, it was so like hands-on. Like his, if you watch one of his videos, it just, you can feel everything and see everything. And like, it just, I just made me want to do something. And then I realized I hadn't made anything for myself for so many years. Like the students would always be like, Hey, Mr. Buck, like, what are you working on? And my answer was always, oh, I help you make your videos. And it's kind of a lame cop-out answer. And I didn't want to be like the digital media teacher who doesn't even make media. Um, and so I just decided to kind of jump in and give it a try and and go for it. And uh, the only regret is not doing it sooner. Like, that's a, the main thing I always tell everybody when they're thinking about it. It's like, you'll never be ready. Just start it. It's fine. Like the first ones are going to be bad. It's okay. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, that was kind of what, where it came from. Kind of. Yeah. I, I think a lot of us have, uh, we're motivated by, you know, seeing Casey, all of Casey's vlogs, they just sucked you in. Yeah. And then, you know, um, you know, Peter, a few, year, a few oh, yeah, years yeah. later. And um, I was right there. It took me, uh, you know, at least a good two or three years of watching all that stuff. Like, okay, uh, I kind of want to do this. I'm going to yeah. take a leap. You know, um, my channel <laughs> hasn't been around as long as yours. Just, just, uh, about a year. I just hit a thousand, um, a couple oh, weeks ago. So dang. I was stoked. You know, it's well, a good congrats. milestone. Yeah. That's um, like, that feels impossible. <laughs> it does. It, uh, man, it, it really does. I remember when I hit like 500 on vacation, I was oh, like, gosh. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more when we um, talk about subscribers. But I, I'm really curious about um, the name of your channel, the Enthusiasm Project. Where where did that kind of <laughs> uh, stem from? You know, you, you're not calling it, you know, the Tom Buck channel. Um, right. Where'd that come from? So the, it, it just comes from how long I hesitated to start my channel. 
Um, so back, I've always had this thing, and I don't know if I'm just weird or whatever, but I've always been obsessed with like the idea that I'm going to die one day, and it's really scary. Um, but in kind of a positive way, like that means you don't have that much time. And so if you want to, if you want to do something, you got to like, you got to do it because time is very limited. It's your most valuable resource. And back in like 2009, 2010, I had just finished college and I was like, I want to start something. Like I want to make a thing, but like, you know, YouTube channels were not what they are now. So that didn't even occur to me. Um, what did occur to me was to start a blog, <laughs> uh, because 2010 and I was like, I want to do a blog where I like profile people that I know and people that I find who do really cool stuff that they're super excited about. Like, um, you know, like I have a couple friends who have a company that they make camera straps and guitar straps out of old, um, like upcycled car interior material so they'll go find like dead stock of like a ford mustang trunk liner and they'll cut it down into these straps and bags and stuff and it's really cool and i was like that's an awesome story of how they got started how they became successful um you know i've got friends that are into art or music or running a business or whatever and i just wanted to to go to just to share these stories these profiles of people who are doing really cool stuff and so that's kind of where the name came from because i just love the character trait of enthusiasm and people who are enthusiastic. Um, and project just kind of sounded like very DIY, like it's a work in progress. Um, but that like kind of never materialized. <laughs> so like I made the logos, I made the website, and then it was like, oh, it's really hard to like travel and interview people and take photos and make videos and like also finish working in school and all this stuff. So it just sort of never happened. And then that was in like 2010, 2011. And then in 2017, when it came time to start a channel, I was like, I basically was like, I'm going to do that same thing. Um, but now it's going to be on YouTube because that makes sense. And so I, I put my old WordPress logos I had made that were all like really low quality as like my channel banner because I was like, ah, nobody cares about that, <laughs> which I was wrong. <laughs> and um, and then, I, you know, I was, I was organizing all these things and reaching out to all these people and trying to schedule all this stuff. And I kind of just realized... I'm creating something that's just not going to be sustainable because I want to profile people and tell these stories. And I think that that's cool, but it's like, I could maybe do one a month or one every two months. And that's just, you know, I was on that Casey kick of like, he's doing a video every day. I want to mm -hmm. do like more than one video every month or two. And I just kind of realized then, well, I'm the person I have the most access to. So that might mean I need to be the one that like, is in front of the camera doing stuff. And that's kind of where it sort of where it originated from. Uh, I guess that's the shortest long version of that story. <laughs> long story long. I'm just, I'm just joking. Um, yeah, it, that that's great. No, I, I appreciate, um, that story and, and I can really, really, I can relate to that yeah. a lot. I, I think a lot of people can. Um, and, uh, it's interesting how, you know, it's, it's progressed over time. How, how has your channel, evolved over time basically from when it's, you started to to where you're at now I'm, I'm looking at your your channel now and um mm -hmm. i think the the oldest video i'm not saying it's the oldest video on there maybe you have some that are, are private or unlisted but the oldest video that's no, posted that, that's the oldest one is the the drone certification yeah. um and then you know today you released you know the uh the flexible led yeah um video 
So how, how has it kind of evolved? I mean, the style when you look at your channel has evolved, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but how, how do you, when you look back at where you started and where you're at now, um, you know, what's your takeaway? It's, I mean, the biggest thing is it won't evolve until you have something to evolve. And I know that for myself and for pretty much anyone I know who does anything creative, you, you kind of get this thing where you're like, it needs to be perfect before I can get started. Like I need to have all my branding down, I need to have my style down, I need to do all that. And I thought that, like I thought my first couple of videos, I was like, people look back and they cringe at their first videos. I'm not going to do that because I'm going to make like really good ones. Like I, I want hunt. I'm listening to your story I, and I, it's like, it, it sounds <laughs> like you're telling my story. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it, I think it's really relatable. And I look back at those videos and like they, they you know, they're fine. I, I love that the store, the part of the story that they serve, but I definitely like go, Oh my God, I can't believe this is a thing. Um, and it's just like, but you have to do that. Like everybody wants to be a rock star, but no one wants to sit in their room and practice scales and mess up a song a thousand times, but you kind of have to, to get to the point where there's something good. And so, um, that was luckily what I realized. And so the drone video was good for me because it, it was a clear concrete thing. I had just gotten my drone license. I, I had navigated my way through all this like nonsense of trying to study for that test. And I was like, perfect there's a need here. Like mm -hmm. there needs to be a clear guide on what free resources will help you pass this test. I have purpose. I have an audience. I have something I can make a video Fantastic about. Fantastic subject. And yeah. And it's relevant. And I spent so, I spent way too much time on that video, but it's still, I mean, it's still like people send me comments to this day that say it's helpful. So it was good. Um, and then after that, I kind of fiddled around the biggest thing which I really recommend, although I don't think most people would do, is my, uh, she's a friend at the time, but my now wife <laughs> um, recommended, like is right around the time that we first met and she was doing YouTube as well. Um, and she was like, you need to do like a 30 day upload challenge. And I was like, yeah, I should do that, which is really dumb, but <laughs> was great. And so for 30 days, I had like five or six videos on my channel and then I just did 30 in a row. Um, and it was nuts. Like it's super not sustainable. I know why people can't do daily vlogs, but it crammed like six months of experience into one month, I think. And at the end of that was where like, I felt like I was way more comfortable on camera. I was way faster at filming and editing. I had a style that was emerging. I knew where I like to film, how I like to film. Um, that was where I had developed like, oh, I want all my titles to be handwritten. I don't want to type in. So little things like that kind of evolved from that super like extensive amount of reps in a short period of time, which would have happened anyway. It just happened faster this way. Um, and so that was like the key to making me feel like I had something, even though literally by the end of that, I mean, the channel was still like nobody was watching. Um, but it, it built such good skill sets um, that then helped me go like, okay, where do I want to take it from here? And that that foundation, I don't know what I would have done without that. Um, I don't know how I did that because 30 days is like, oof. <laughs> um, but doing that, like I always, like we always recommend to people to do 10 days in a row if they want to start a channel. Like if you can do 10 videos in a row, um, it's long enough to suck and be hard, but it's short enough that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And by the time you're done, you have you have an idea of whether or not it's sustainable. That was not the question you asked, but that is where um, where it kind of started. Was like I needed to get into the groove of churning out 
something so I could figure out what it is I actually wanted to make. So at what point did you realize you wanted to do more gear reviews and tutorials, uh, which I'm sure you're doing a lot of maybe, maybe as a teacher, maybe I'm assuming, but you can really see the the shift in your channel success. Yeah. I mean, that, that first video, because it's such a relatable topic, I mean, it has 22,000 views, but then after that, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking at 118, 84, yeah, uh, I mean, and those are videos that been up for like three years, right? And, <laughs> and but then you start seeing the shift when when you did the the DJI Osmo versus iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, you know, like that, you know, has a lot of views, and you start you start progressing, and you see the consistency in your thumbnails too, starting there. Um, mm-hmm. So you can see you can see the shift, but how did you make that shift? How did you decide like, okay, I'm gonna kind of transition from you know, this 30 day challenge and, um, mm-hmm. random videos to, all right, I'm going to be a tutorial and gear review <laughs> channel. There's kind of like, there's kind of two parts to that. And hopefully, um, maybe it would be useful for people to hear, but the first part is just practical, um, personality based channels just don't grow. Um, because who, you know, I don't mean this meanly, but like, who cares? Like if I have zero audience and nobody knows who I am and I'm just doing a a channel that's just about me and my life and my vlogs or whatever like if if that's for me as my record of my time and my life then it's perfect it's a wonderful thing but if you're trying to grow or build an audience like people aren't going to connect to that because it's your life it's not their life and so by doing you know more practical things like reviews and tutorials now you're providing value to an audience um, and it's easier for people to actually search that stuff and discover you. So that's a practical side of it. But um, the more I think the more interesting part, which for me, YouTube has been like hugely empowering because I've always been like a a really kind of introverted, just in the corner doing my own thing. Like I don't want to step in anybody's toes kind of person. But YouTube like let me be creative and express it and share it and um connect with people who like appreciated that, who were into the same thing. I mean, it's like why we're having this conversation right now is because of that. And part of that was I love camera gear. That's just my thing. Like I've loved it since I was like four years old. Um, Like I've been obsessed with it forever. There are so many camera and photo channels out there. It's ridiculous. And for a long time, I was like, nobody needs another white guy in his 30s talking about camera settings because, <laughs> like, we have those. <laughs> um, and so I, I kind of tried to stay away from it just because I felt that the market was saturated. But that was the thing where I was like, this is what I actually, I can make a million videos about this because I love all of it so much and I don't get tired of it. So it's super sustainable for me. And then I just decided that even though it's crowded, like, you know, just because other people have done it doesn't mean you don't have a unique perspective or a style or something that that's going to be helpful to other people. And so you can still jump into it. And that was kind of, it was like this thing you have to give yourself permission to do something that feels a little like it, it almost felt risky at the time. Um, but that was where I was like, this is the thing I want to do. So I'm just going to do it. Um, and I think that could apply to any niche, like anybody who's making stuff, probably feels that in some way, regardless of what your topic is. Um, But your perspective is so valuable that it doesn't really matter how saturated it is because you're going to bring it something new to it. And then along the way, you'll discover, you know, what your thing is and how you stand out from the crowd and that kind of stuff. But it was, it was that 
giving myself permission to do something that I thought was like, oh, it's already been done and there's people who are better at it than me and like, who am I to do that? But it was the thing I actually wanted to do. So just like listening to your gut and going for it. Yeah, I, I totally agree that it's, it's no matter how crowded it is, it's never too crowded. Um, right. You know, I was actually um, just recorded an episode before this with um, Donna from Donna Did It. And oh yeah, yeah. Um, we we were talking about this at the at the end of uh, that episode, and you just never know how the channel's gonna evolve. And just because, mm-hmm. like like you said, just because there's you know a ton of people doing the same exact thing, it doesn't mean that they're relatable too. Your personality and your insight mm-hmm. um, could mean the world of difference. And you know, it's one of the things I was attracted to your channel for. It's just you're in. Well, it's the enthusiasm project, <laughs> but your enthusiasm and 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 your your uh, your sense of humor and your energy in your videos, I think, really draws people in. Um, and I think that's why you've seen a, a lot of uh, of growth in your in your channel, um, which kind of brings Thanks. me to the next topic. Is you know how long did it take, you know, for you to hit, let's say, you know, those milestones like that that first right. thousand, that first ten thousand. Um. Well, let's see the first. Well, the first hundred was about six months, and that, I mean, that's I'm a sure huge you milestone, right? <laughs> that's the one that feels like it will just never happen. A um, hundred was like impossible. That was about six months. A thousand happened after a year. Um, Five thousand was after two years. Ten thousand was two and a half years. Um, and now it's edging up on twenty thousand about six months later. So there, there is like a nice little curve happening that hopefully will continue yeah no definitely i was uh i was just talking about this when i was recording with donna casey made a video about this when he hit um i should have looked at what he's at i can't remember what he's at he's, you know 10 like million. 12 million yeah, or something, something like that yeah. but i think it was when he hit 10 million and it was he he, he you know casey style writing it down on paper you know i love i love yeah that. but it was that that 10 million mark wasn't nearly as hard as the you know the first million, that first million wasn't nearly oh, as yeah. hard as, you know, the first hundred thousand trickling all the way down to the, the hardest number to hit is a hundred, you know? Oh yeah. And, uh, you do see a curve after that. So, um, for anybody that's listening that, um, is looking to start a channel and you feel like it's not growing, just keep at it because, um, those, those right. initial, uh, videos, those initial months, um, they are tough. Everybody can relate to it. We all started at zero. Um, yeah, I forget what the numbers are, but somebody on Twitter shared a thing that was like, if you take on average channels that have a hundred thousand subscribers, they usually have about four hundred videos on their channel, and channels that have a million typically have I forget the exact number. I'm gonna say it was four thousand, maybe it was two thousand, um, but it just kind of puts it in perspective. Like when you make your first five videos and you're like, why is it not growing? It's like you, <laughs> it's just it's a marathon. You just got to keep doing it, but it, it does happen usually. Yeah. Um, to what level? I don't know. I did know somebody who, well, I didn't know them. I just like found them on YouTube, but they uploaded every day for 900 days, maybe a thousand days. Um, I mean every single day and literally ended with, um, 17 subscribers, I think. Um, and it was like, baffling to me Um, not because it's about growth but like most of the videos had no views like literally it said no views and i was like you're not even you're not tagging when i go back in (laughs) yeah when when i go back in just to do my like description and tags and and pin a comment or whatever like that triggers a view so like you're this isn't even for you like who is this i was so 
mystified by this. Um, <laughs> but I think that's an outlier. I think if people work really hard and you're you're relatively consistent in making stuff that has some kind of value, it will grow. It just you never know when or you know you just never know when or how. Yeah, I think a lot of people when they start researching the channel might stumble across the. Um uh, think media guys. I'm not sure if you're, uh, if oh yeah. Yeah. And so they always say, you know, it's, it's a marathon, not a race. So, uh, it, it totally is. It totally it. is. It's a, a big yeah. mental game. Um, yes. So at what point did you feel your channel, uh, started to gain traction? Um, I, <laughs> uh, maybe never. Um, <laughs> do you even feel like it's gained traction? <laughs> I, I, it's sort of like shifting a little bit, I guess. Um, what was interesting is like when when the channel is smaller, I would say under a thousand subs, the people who do show up are really kind. Like your audience is not huge um, in terms of regular viewers, but everyone who's going to leave comments and things was like just so nice and so supportive. Um, but it was like I could I almost felt like it's like when your mom is really nice and supportive, um, where it's like it almost doesn't matter what I do, you're going to love it because I'm your son. Like <laughs> okay, like is this really good or do you just like it? Cause you kind of know me as like from when I started the channel, like you discovered me really tiny and you just like rooting for the little guy. Um, and so it was after that. Um, I mean, I don't really know when it would have been, but within the past year or so is when I started to notice just more people saying that they were getting out of the channel, what I was trying to put into it. So like you just said, like enthusiasm and fun and, uh, you know, practical advice that's used. Like I was like, oh, those are literally like, those are things I'm trying to infuse into it and it's coming across on the other end and that's good. Um, and then starting to notice more and more people coming in and like making jokes on different videos and like there's a little like a community kind of developing there and that's where I feel like, that's kind of where I feel like it's at right now. Um, and I really like the idea that there's this community because that's the thing that, that I think is really key um, to making it sustainable, to helping it grow, to making it valuable to people. And so right now I'm like really big on trying to understand and nurture this community around it. And I think that that's, um, so I don't, I don't know where the traction is. Um, it's just, I mean, from a practical sense, like YouTube has started recommending my stuff more than relying on search results in like the past four months. I don't know why. <laughs> um, I do know that when YouTube chooses to recommend your stuff, your stuff does better. I don't know how to make YouTube recommend it. It just is a thing that happens sometimes for some reason. It's, it's magical. <laughs> yeah. And then it can end also like instantly. Yep. It, it, it can. But I think, I think, uh, I don't think you're going to see a slowdown with the, the consistency that you're doing. I think you're just going to continue to see your, uh, your channel rise and, um, you're going to find success and I, I definitely see the community starting to build for you. And, um, I totally agree that as a, a key to a successful YouTube channel is, um, yeah. just nurturing that community and building a community behind, um, whatever it is you're doing. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, I was going to say it's, uh, like when I was in high school, my friends and I were really into music and like, kind of like punk rock ska music, um, because we were giant dorks and we always like we're into like starting bands and this kind of stuff. And it, it's, I always, I've kind of looked at the YouTube channel as the same idea of like starting your own little band where it's like, you kind of have to play these shows that no one's going to be at. And then eventually like you kind of get like an audience and a following and 
people just kind of latch mm-hmm. on to the thing that you're doing. And it, it seems to follow a very similar trajectory um, for both positive and negative. And I just kind of always have felt that way. But in the music world, that community, that fan base is like is so key to anybody's success. And I think the same is true on YouTube. And so it's it's vital to nurture it and to appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. So I have to ask since you brought it up, um, ska bands. What was uh, what was your, <laughs> what was your band of choice? Uh, oh, I mean, it's it's the Aquabats. Okay. Like you got tons of tons, tons of that stuff <laughs> in the background, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, and which has just always been there before this was like the room that I made my videos in. But yeah, there. I mean, I love like all kind of like the the standard ska bands. So there's like Aquabats, Real Big Fish, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, Goldfinger, mm-hmm. like ska punk wave third orange county third wave stuff um but the aquabats first and foremost like right at the front because they they influence me in ways i can't even begin to describe um they like aside from the fact i just like their music and it's goofy they had such bad luck like you know their record labels constantly went out of business they'd get like a tv show deal and the tv channel would go out of business and these things just happened you know for decades <laughs> um but it, what it did was it built this thing in them where they're just like we're gonna do everything ourselves and we're gonna release records ourselves and you know before that stuff was as common as it is they just sort of took their their destiny in their own hands and went with it and all along the way like remaining to be nice people and have fun and it was like that when you're like 17 and the world is like angry and you know everybody sucks or whatever to have that show up in your world is like it's a life changer and uh yeah i love them so That's much awesome. <laughs> i was a big uh um, bucko nine fan oh yeah yeah, yeah those guys were I re- they were my first concert i remember seeing them um for the, for the first time when i oh, mean how old was i i must have been maybe 14 15 um yeah it was awesome we went to a couple years well they've had it a couple years but in 2018 they did back to the beach music festival at Huntington beach. And it was like, I'm looking at the poster on my wall, but it was literally like, uh, mighty, mighty Boston's aquabats, less than Jake, suicide machines, big D goldfinger, fishbone, save Ferris. Um, I thought bucko nine was there, but they weren't, but it was like mustard plug sublime. Like it was just like two days of late nineties K rock. Just childhood. (laughs) (laughs) It was so, it was so good. Awesome. All right. We're getting sidetracked. Uh, so let's, uh, I want to talk about, um, your style because you you definitely have um your channels evolved to a very specific um style and look to your videos and your thumbnails um how would you describe your your uh your style um we were kind of talking about music how's how's music um influenced your your creative style i mean there's definitely like the diy punk rock influence i don't think will ever leave uh where it's just you got to do it which is why i love the handwriting like because it's rough it's imperfect and no one else can do it the way i can do it because it's mine so i like that's why i love everything is handwritten nobody cares but i haven't had a typed letter on my channel in over almost three years um which is like the dumbest accomplishment but i think that that's cool um but the the style I like to kind of go like polished diy i guess would be a category because it's I want it to feel tactile and authentic, but I don't want it to be like crappy. I want it to look nice and feel nice and sound good. And 
um, you know, there's people who are so good at the polish. Like if you watch like an MKBHD video and it's just, it's in 8K and every frame is beautiful and it's just like, it just sounds perfect and looks perfect. Like I, I just can't perform at that level and I know that. Um, but I also don't want to just be like, you know, um, just something that's just terrible. So it's trying to find this balance between practical, authentic and as polished as I can make it. Um, and, and maybe it's just like, because you have this, uh, Futurama poster in the background all the time, but, um, it, it kind of reminds me of that. It's just like this cartoonish, but like, uh, clean look. And, uh, maybe it's just because I see the Futurama poster all the time, but it it really does kind of remind me of like a Futurama style, like just, it's clean, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's probably the way to go for it. It's clean and polished, but there's still like character to Definitely. it. Hopefully, um, and then uh, as a as a high school teacher that teaches di- digital media, how's that kind of influenced your style too? Um, as you know, maybe just the format of your videos. Um, being a teacher, has that you think helped um, with your review style, your tutorial style? I think what that's helped with is clarity. Um, because of you know, I'm used to having to explain things um, to people who have no context or background on it in some cases. And so you kind of know like this is where we want to end up. These are the things we need to do to get to that point. Um, and this is kind of the order we should cover those in. So I think teaching has helped me to be better at clarity. And like I know there's some things we just don't need to talk about. They might be relevant, but they're just not relevant in this case. Um, on the other hand, Sometimes I tend to over contextualize. I got a comment yesterday where someone was just like, what a blabbermouth!" And I was like, it's a three minute video, man. How did I over talk in a three minute video? But um, I like to give a lot of context because high school kids need that to understand why they're learning something. Um, and I feel the same is true on YouTube, but sometimes, you know, it can take you on tangents that you don't need to go on. But um, basically clarity and structure I think has really helped. Um, and then the same goes like YouTube has helped my classroom teaching as well in a weird way, which is cool. Uh, how, 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 um, how's it done that? It, it's definitely, um, it's kind of like almost like a endless, whatever, like a feedback loop. Like it's helped me even be more concise in the classroom, which helps me be more concise on the, the YouTube channel. But it's, it's helped me to, um, to be really comfortable putting myself out there, um, which I think is very important because I like it. If I'm asking my students to do something creative, chances are, especially at first, they're going to fail at it, which is fine because everybody does, but they can be really scared to do that. And so having gone through like the YouTube experience, I am so much more comfortable just putting myself out there in front of my students and sometimes totally failing in front of them and just being like, ah, it's all right. Like it's fine. Or being like, ridiculous and goofy or whatever. And then if I do that, they're more comfortable doing that. And it builds a really positive environment where everybody's comfortable trying new stuff and learning from it. And it's, it's not about like whether it's a total success or not. It's about like what you got out of it. Um, and YouTube is definitely played into that. Well, that's awesome that, uh, it's contributed, uh, both ways. You, you've taken your teaching style to YouTube, but YouTube has, uh, influenced you and then, uh, helped you be a uh, a better teacher. That's what, that's really awesome. Yeah. 
it was it's a cool unintended consequence. So what's your what's your process from from start to finish with a video? Can you uh, kind of walk us through that for someone that maybe that's uh, <laughs> thinking about starting a YouTube channel or is in those early stages, still kind of figuring it out? What's your process from maybe like conception to, um, you know, how do you decide yeah. your thumbnail and what tags you're going to use in the description? Yeah. I'll try to be as as concise as I can. Um, I start. I, ha I keep a notebook, like an actual pen and paper notebook. Right there with you. Can you. Do this with Google Docs. Or <laughs> yeah, and it's it's always with me, and that's just the thing that for me works best. I tried notes docs, didn't work. Having an actual notebook that I can write in and draw and scribble made all the difference. And I just write down all my ideas. So sometimes, even if it's like you're taking a shower and getting ready, and I just go like, "Oh, I should this and this and this," and then I'll just like run out after as I'm getting ready and each video is its own page in the notebook and so I'll just put like okay here's the topic at the top maybe some of the main bullet points I want to hit and then I just kind of keep adding to those throughout the notebook uh, so sometimes it's two or three ideas sometimes it's 10 or 12 ideas but I just kind of go through and balance and add like you know the main shots I'll want to get for that video the main points I'll want to do the questions I need to answer um, I'll do ideas for what a good title would be. Sometimes I'll sketch out a thumbnail if it's like, oh, don't forget, like you really need to show this. Like maybe I could, you know, take a photo in this way or whatever. And then I also do a little checklist of the things I need to do, like actually take a thumbnail photo, write the description, add in any affiliate links, um, you know, get the captions done, all that kind of stuff. Just so by the time I'm done and it's uploaded, I know that it's actually ready to go. Um, Sometimes that's all that will go into the planning, and then I'll just have that notebook with me while I'm recording, and I just kind of check off the points as I hit them. If it's a more complex video, like I'm working on a one-year review for my Canon EOS R, which is like my main camera, um, and there's very technical points I want to be sure to hit in that, so I'll actually use a script, and I'll write it out so that way I, I don't spend 10 hours recording, and I, I can make sure I hit the main points, but... I don't use full-on scripts that often. It's mostly just outlines. Um, then I sit down and record me talking because most of my videos start with that. Um, and then once I'm done with that, then I just go into like B-roll or supplemental footage or whatever you want to call it and just start trying to get stuff that looks interesting but also is kind of experimental. So I like to try different things and different camera moves and effects and lighting. And like that's where I kind of like build out my creative skill set, I guess, um, and then edit it all together. And uh, the worst part is always finding music. That's like impossible. <laughs> and uh, and then going through, going through like multiple uh, watch throughs and marking down the time because uh, YouTube just started a thing, which it seems like they've now rolled out to pretty much everyone. If you put timestamps in your description, which is a good thing to do anyway. Um, they will automatically mark those on your video with the title even so people can kind of like skim through and see the different chapters in your yeah, video. I think I noticed and that for the, maybe I haven't been paying attention, but I noticed that for the first time in your video that you uploaded today that there was like yeah. little breaks in it you could jump to. Yeah, they, they've been doing it for like small amounts of users for a few weeks, but it seems like maybe this week was when they released it to almost everybody because now I've been seeing it a lot more. Um, and I think that's awesome because my least favorite comment is the one where people go, video starts at 256. Oh, and I'm like, <laughs> video starts at 000. Like, come on. That's why I started it there. 
Um, so you can preempt that by putting in your own timestamps and that way you're just directing people like, hey, if you don't wanna know about the, the intro to this, skip to this part or skip to that part or whatever. Um, so I've been doing that for a while, fortunately, cause it's already built into my videos. And then, um, now that YouTube does that, it, that's a really important thing to do is those time markers to keep people actually watching your video and letting them know where everything is. Um, I mean, that's the main process and then going through and doing a description, um, tags I've heard aren't as important as they used to be, but I still like to make sure to, to do relevant tags cause especially with tutorials and gear. A lot of people find that stuff through search, so I think that it it is helpful. Um, and then making the thumbnail is always a part. Sometimes I have found that it's almost easier to make the video if I make the thumbnail first, um, because it's like I, like I already have a style in mind, I guess. But I also feel like I'm going to jinx myself if I do that, and then the video will never get made. So I usually make the thumbnail after, but that by itself sometimes takes like an hour or two just to get it done the way I oh, want yeah. it. I've put everything away, edited an entire <laughs> video, exported it and realized, uh, I got to get everything back out. I forgot to take a thumbnail. <laughs> That's the worst. That's why I put it in the checklist, like thumbnail, don't forget. Cause it, and I still will forget sometimes. Um, so, you know, we, we've sort of, sort of touched on this. Um, you, you touched on a little bit on, on your least favorite comment. And we kind of talked about sure. it with like, you know, um, hinted to, to it when you talked about how, um, why it took you so long to start your channel. But I feel like a lot of people get held back from creating a YouTube channel because they're, they're afraid of what people are going to think, the negative comments. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how have you, have you experienced that? How have you dealt with it when you, um, well, I shouldn't say have you, like we all have, right? There's, there's going to be yeah. negative comments. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that's inevitable. And I think that's a key in itself is realizing that it's, it's just part of, if you want to start a YouTube channel, right. it's going to happen. Um, but what's your thought behind that? How do you handle it? Um, it kind of depends on the circumstance. So if it's just one of those, fortunately, let me say like most of the feedback I get is kind and positive. And even when someone's being like critical, they're being constructively critical and that's cool. It opens up a dialogue every once in a while though, people aren't. <laughs> um, and it kind of depends. Sometimes people just like to be like edgy, you know, trolls or whatever and they just write super mean things or a bunch of profanity or whatever and i just delete that like that does that doesn't hurt because it's like it's not even about me you just want to go on someone's channel and write something mean um the ones that kind of sting are the ones that like hit on like an insecurity or something mm -hmm. or you know like I, it's not even if I say something in a video and someone says oh you're wrong about that it's this that's fine because then now I now I know and then I'm totally cool and they posted the comment. Other people will now know what the correct thing is. So that doesn't bother me, but it's like, I don't know. It's almost like, it, I can't think of a specific example, but if there's something I'm feeling insecure about and they'll like, it's, it's been a very busy few months for us. So I've been really tired lately. And I had someone leave a comment on a, vid a couple videos ago where they were like, don't forget, you need to actually engage your audience. And I, like, where's that enthusiasm? Like, I feel like you're just like struggling to get through this one. And I was like, oh, like I thought the video was really good that they wrote that on. But it, I was like, oh, that is kind of how I was feeling because I'm so tired. And like it, it, little things like that will sting me more than they should. Um, but what I started doing, which I highly recommend, is 
just deleting comments and sometimes i think people look down on that but like oh absolutely not if somebody's all time like well i shouldn't say all the time because i don't get like uh, <laughs> hate comments all the time but like when you do yeah. um i think i think it's something that just triggers in your brain once you start you start doing youtube like all right people are gonna be stupid they're gonna be jerks if they want to yeah. be jerks and like whatever like just delete the comment <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's i mean and to be fair, like, I mean, that maybe happens like once a week or something. It's not, it's not like I'm going through and just deleting comments on every video constantly, but someone will come in and they'll just be like, you know, uh, someone told me I was unqualified to talk about like some microphone or something that I've been using for like six years. And, you know, they went the whole thing on like, I'm an audio professional and blah, 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 and this, that. And it was like, I was going to respond to them. Like, cool. Start your own channel. Start then- your own channel. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like sometimes on those ones you can respond and you can have a dialogue and kind of come to an understanding. In this case, it was like not going to – I could just tell it's not where it's going. And it was like I could just also delete this and then it's – I don't have to deal with it. And, of course, when someone's just like, you know, you suck or you're a blabbermouth or whatever, <laughs> which is like a very cute insult, um, I'll just delete it or, you know, they just say something mean about your mom or whatever. And it feels good. It's just like I don't – that you don't – like, this is like my house. You're not going to come in my house and just say this stuff and be welcome here. So go yeah. away. Um, I love it. It feels good to just clear that out. And then what's left is, is like a great community. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not very often that I have to delete a comment, but when I do, it's, it's just nice to know that I'm protecting the good thing that is still there. Yeah. And I, th- I think we, um, like you, like you said to anybody that's listening, um, don't think you're going to get like tons of negative comments. I I think um, the thought that you are holds a lot of people back, but once you take that leap, um, you realize they're few and far between. And like Tom said, they really are. Just don't even worry about it. Yeah. And it's, and when, when people are starting, I mean, for better or worse, like nobody's watching. So you think like this is going to be out there for the whole world. And it's like, literally no one's going to see it. So you just do your thing. Um, And then, it doesn't seem like the meanness comes out until you start getting a little growth, which means in a good way that YouTube is recommending your stuff to a wider variety of people because that's how they're finding it to leave the mean comments. Yeah. But um, so in a way it's kind of a good sign that that's happening. Um, but yeah, there's way more positive than negative, at least in my niche or my genre, like everybody's, if, uh, so many people who comment on my videos are people who make their own stuff. And so there's this camaraderie, I think, that's there because they understand. We all kind of understand each other in a really cool yeah, way. Definitely. Um, so we've all, we've all, as a creative, we've all faced this and you've made a video about it. Um, you know, the creative <laughs> rut that we at times yes. find ourselves in. Um, how, for those of, uh, of our listeners that haven't maybe watched your channel yet or watched uh, that episode at least, um, how, how do you find uh, or what do you find helpful uh, to get out of that creative rut? Uh, I mean, it's finding, it sounds super cheesy, but it's like finding inspiration in other places. Um, and, and that could be through a conversation. Like sometimes you just sit down and talk to someone. By the time you're done, you're just like, I'm so pumped. Like I, I have I, all these ideas I didn't have before. But for me, it, uh, lately, it's been a lot of just like TV and movies, um, probably because we're all like you know quarantined <laughs> at home. Um, but my wife and I got really into anime last summer, which is something I'm proud of and not embarrassed about. Um, but there's so many like 
crazy techniques in anime shows, which is not where you would think stuff is happening or like you would get inspiration for a camera review on YouTube or whatever. Um, but there's just little camera shots, little movements, little uh, compositions or whatever. Um, that has really inspired ideas. Sometimes commercials, because they're so quick and flashy, will inspire something. Um, one thing that really helped was I love, uh, one of my favorite shows is Better Call Saul. It's just so good. Um, and pretty much every episode of that show starts with like a slow fade in to, to something and then you figure out what it is. And I kind of lately have been trying to start every video instead of just me sitting there talking. Um, I've been trying to start each video with like a quick little voiceover with some like B-roll footage, but trying to do something that's really interesting and intriguing and sort of starting with like a slow fade in and then music and then like stuff starts happening or the things, you know, I, the voiceover starts or whatever, which is um, totally inspired by the way that Better Call Saul starts their episodes. So it's just every time you see something that you think that's cool, that's cool. Like, why is it cool to you? And then could you beg, borrow, uh, modify that technique and turn it into something of your own. And it's, it's really fun. I think for every video, I try to do at least one thing that is different, um, just for my own sake of like building skills and staying creative. So every video I try to go like, okay, this one, I'm going to do this shot or structure it this way or do whatever. And that's going to be weird or it's going to require a little extra effort and that kind of keeps you on your toes and keeps things a little bit fresh and creative. Yeah, I definitely know where you're coming from on that. I watch a lot of TV <laughs> shows and movies and, um, I tried, I tried to just enjoy them, but you can't help but watch like, yeah. Oh, that's an interesting <laughs> angle. Oh, that's cool how they did that. You know, yeah. and it, it definitely is inspiring. Um, one thing I wrote down that I've been meaning to ask you and I absolutely love it is the jokes. Uh, you do oh, good. <laughs> in your, in your channel. Um, like the one, um, the delighted one today. Um, uh, Oh yeah. Your, uh, your yeah. Video. Um, what was the inspiration behind those or where, how do you even come up with that? I mean, um, not to so, be insulting. <laughs> and for those that don't know what I'm talking about, but like, uh, Tom here comes up with the most corniest dad jokes yes. you've ever heard in his videos. And they're fantastic. I absolutely yes. love them. Um, <laughs> but uh, what was the kind of the story behind incorporating those into your videos? Straight out of the classroom, honestly. Um, so this is crazy. So this, and this is for anyone with a YouTube channel. The thing that I've heard time and time again is once you start growing, earlier we mentioned like, you know, if you just do like a vlog channel, personality-based channel, no one's going to watch and listen, which is true. But if you also just do super dry like tutorials nobody's going to really connect with you. You might get people that come, get the info they need and leave and never see you mm -hmm. again. Um, and so you kind of have to find this balance of this is what I'm doing. It's really valuable, but here is my spin on it. And so um, I have been consciously trying to just let more of my personality into videos, maybe for the past like four or five months, um, which is a little scary, but I think really important, like, okay, like get to know me a little bit and, you know, what is different about this channel than other channels. And part of that is just super stupid jokes. Um, like, why did the bicycle fall over? Because it's too tired, like that level of joke. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that started in the classroom because like high school kids can be really scary. <laughs> and when I started teaching like 10 years ago, um, it's, I started teaching English, which is like 
digital media, kids actually want to be in the class. English, not every kid wants to be in their English class. And so one way to diffuse that was like, I would just end every class with a cheesy joke. And it became like this thing where kids like were looking forward to it. And to me, it's like, this is two seconds of just cheesy jokes I'll get out of a book or from a website or whatever, or make it up in my head. And to them, they'd be like, I didn't feel good today, but like, I knew I was going to get that joke in first period. So I had to come to school today. And I'm like, seriously, like, that's what got you to come to school. <laughs> um, I was like, you know, you could just find those on the internet, right? Like jokes. But anyway, um, and that's, that's been a thing for years. Like that's for better or worse. That's what kids remember, like almost the most about my class. And I'm like, what about all the stuff we learned? And like all those hours I put into lessons and things We're like, no, that joke. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's such a good relationship builder. Like it, it connects people in, in such a weird way. I don't know. Everybody loves cheesy jokes. And so I, I always have kind of like leaned towards goofy puns on my channel, but a few months ago I was like, you know what? I want to start like literally putting in at least one straight up joke in every video where there's like setup, punchline, but um bump kind of thing. Um, and you never know, like sometimes at the end, sometimes it's in the middle. And I was like, maybe people will actually like watch the video to try to like wait for wherever the joke is going to pop up at. I don't know. It's working. Um, I love it. But okay, good. <laughs> um, and it's crazy the amount of feedback because I'm getting the same stuff from viewers that the students say where they're like, I'm only here for the dad jokes or whatever. And I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> um, but what I've tried to do here, which is different, is make them relevant. So I don't want to just do like here's just a random joke, but I want to do like, Hey, if I'm talking about this thing, like, can I make a joke about photography, a joke about lighting, a joke about what, and that's harder. Cause you have to kind of just make them up. And I have a brain that works on puns, so it's not too bad, but sometimes I spend like a stupid amount of time going like, what's the joke about the Canon EOS R that I can come up with? And like, I spent like 20 minutes trying to figure it out. You better like be writing these down because you could probably make like a stupid coffee table book that <laughs> photographers and videographers will actually buy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's, you know what? This is the best merch idea I've ever heard. <laughs> right? It's fantastic. People will buy it. And especially if you like incorporate corny little cartoons with them. So uh, you heard oh, it here yeah. first. <laughs> Okay, we'll split the royalties of that one. Um, so, Tom, you 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 have a podcast too. Um, you've done a yeah. ton of videos about podcast gear. I mean, it influenced what mm -hmm. gear I'm using here today. Um, why don't you give us a little plug on your podcast? Sure. Um, the podcast is called The Enthusiasm Project. That, that branding. I'm all out of ideas. That branding. Yeah, yeah. Sure. We'll call it branding. Um, yeah. It's just it's Enthusiasm Project. It's on all the things. Um, I use Anchor, so you could always go to anchor.fm slash enthusiasm, but it's on Spotify, Apple, um, all of the places you can get podcasts. Uh, it's not as professional as yours. Um, it's it's uh, just sort of my chance to not be, you know, worried about audience retention, which just sounds terrible. Like I'm making a show and I don't, but <laughs> it's my chance to like not have to worry about doing everything in bite-sized YouTube nuggets and you know, worrying about statistics and things. It's just sort of like we can kind of deep dive into topics. My wife and I started a business this year, so we kind of like have been um, chronicling that journey, um, talk about YouTube stuff. We just sort of like, it's sort of like the the back end of all this stuff that 
that everybody sees and it's super fun. Um, it's super fun to do. And yeah, usually, usually there's an episode every week, uh, but sometimes I, uh, miss a week. That's, that's okay. I mean, mean, as long as we have the goal of uploading every week, if you miss it, (laughs) no one's perfect. Well, sometimes it comes down to like podcast or YouTube and like YouTube wins because it's got to, um, but podcasts are, are, I mean, my goal is to be, I missed one Monday so far. I upload every Monday, missed one Monday so far, but, um, you know, with, with, uh, with my, well, I mean, I've only done like six episodes, but, um, you're at the, at the mercy of guests sometimes. So, um, yeah, if you're starting a podcast record in bulk, if you're going to have guests, just record when you (laughs) have the free time and, uh, you can bank, you know, get a couple in the barrel, uh, ready to go. So what, uh, let's talk about some struggles uh, now. Everybody faces them, um, in whatever journey they're facing, especially being, uh, a creative, uh, what, what struggles have you faced? How have you dealt with them, overcome them? Um, I mean, the biggest one was kind of, well, I don't know if it's the biggest one, but that I talked about earlier, like literally giving myself permission to be a part of the like niche that I wanted to, which sounds so dumb, but like that was huge. Um, cause it just gave me the freedom to make the channel that I actually wanted to make. Um, beyond that, like actually just starting on YouTube was tricky. Like we talked about getting to a hundred subscribers feels impossible for me, for whatever reason, I didn't want anyone in my real life to know I had a channel until I had a hundred subscribers because I was right there with you. Like, (laughs) yeah, I I don't know why, like looking back, there's no reason for that. But at the time I felt like I don't want to tell people here's a channel and it has six subscribers and it feels like I'm asking them to sign up, like to subscribe to it. Um, I wanted it to already be a thing. And I was like, if I have a hundred, that seems more legit and like, it's just a thing I'm doing. You can find it if you want, but I I don't know. Um, But like, there was almost a point where it was like literally coming out of the closet to like the people in my real life of like, yeah, I sit in the room and talk to a camera on the weekends and like, (laughs) and then put it on the internet and, and I'm okay with that, Um, which is silly. But I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people struggle with that. I do know that when my, when my channel was really small, I felt guilty for like making time for it. Um, so, and luckily like my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time was understanding, but like if it was Saturday afternoon and she'd be like, Hey, do you want to go out and do this thing? And I'd, I'd be real hesitant of like, Oh, but like, I kind of need to make a video. Like I kind of want to. And she, of course she's like, oh, okay, cool. No problem. Um, and then I'd be like, I'm sorry. I know it's dumb. And she's like, it's not dumb. Like you can, you can take the time to make the thing that you want. But I was like, I'm going to spend half my Saturday doing this thing that 12 people are going to watch. Like, you know, it it was just kind of like, why am I doing it? But I do value it. But like, it it was just sort of learning to prioritize, that it's okay to prioritize my channel for my own Mm -hmm. sake. Um, Especially early on when there's nobody watching was, was definitely a struggle. Um, And then just navigating the world of, uh, monetization and brands and uh these kind of weird things that pop up that you don't expect when you're starting your channel has been interesting um if not a bit of a struggle and there's no right way to to deal with it everybody has their own uh own method to it and you kind of just learn along the way um you know but out of those struggles come come benefits so what benefits um have come from pursuing uh this goal of having a youtube channel 
Well, I, I keep mentioning this, but I literally met my wife through YouTube. So uh, that's that's a pretty big hundred percent pretty big goal. Yeah, uh, <laughs> or benefit. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't <laughs> say that everybody's gonna get that benefit, but I'll. That's my biggest one. Um, but other than that, I mean, like really like opening uh, opening me up to putting myself out there, being more creative, being experimental, connecting with people from all over the world. Like that is a really tough thing to, to put a price on. Um, because it's just so, it's so good just to, I don't know, just to connect to people in ways that like we literally never would have been able to just a few years ago. Um, so that's, I love that. And, and the fact that like, I mean, I guess it's on a different platform, but other than that, my channel's my thing. So I own it. I'm in charge of it. I can, I'm the boss of it. And I love having something that I have total control over because sometimes, you know, when you work for somebody else, you, you don't have necessarily total control over everything. And it, it just feels really empowering. And I mean, that that's tough to put words on, but if you make something, whatever it is, and you probably kind of know what I'm talking about. Uh, I definitely do. And, um, I, I, I definitely feel that I think everybody does when you finally decide to pursue your, your creative ambitions, your mm -hmm. creative goals. Um, I mean, there's just so many benefits that come from it and they're all, yeah. they're all and, relatable. And it's, oh, yeah. And it'll be different for everybody, but it's so worth it. Uh, so for anybody that is looking to start, um, a YouTube channel as a creative outlet, what, mm -hmm. what tips do you have for them? Um, sustainability is key. So in every way, don't um, burn yourself out, pick a topic. <laughs> yeah. Don't burn. You don't have to do 30 videos in 30 days. That was just what I did. Cause I needed it at the time, but, um, you know, whatever your, your channel's about, like make sure it's something you actually are, you can make videos about, like it shouldn't just be one or five videos. Like what could you make a hundred, 200, 400 videos or more about and not be totally burnt out on, um, what do you, you know, early on, I made a few videos about 3D printing that did really well. Like some of my first like successful videos were all about 3D printing. And I knew like, oh, I I could make 3D printing videos and this channel would grow real fast. But I didn't want to do that because one, I don't know much about, I'm really bad at it. So uh, I could use up my knowledge really quickly. And two, like I just didn't, those aren't the videos I wanted to make all the time. So um I knew that even though that was a thing that would grow, it wasn't the thing I would like. And that was important to learn. Um, and then also just your time, like figuring out a way to be able to make your videos or your thing, whatever it is, consistently, um, but not let that be detrimental to the rest of your life, to your job or your family or your free time or whatever. Um, that's a very tough balance to strike sometimes. And, you know, keeping those things in mind, but also remembering when you're just starting, like, you know, yeah, nobody's watching. Just do your thing, figure it out. It's totally cool. Like you can, it's totally cool to have those old videos on your channel years later when you're doing something totally different and people can go back and see like, what was this? Yeah, no, I, I think that's you were great. Doing? Definitely do that. Yeah. And I, I love finding people's old stuff that just makes no sense and it's like oh this is so crazy this is like still here for people to see when you were doing something entirely oh, it's different. so motivating um, to people too yeah exactly because it's relatable you see the you see the relatability of the starting out point and 
everybody came from the same place, and that's really cool. I mean, no one starts off at Peter McKinn's level. Even Peter McKinnon didn't, right? You go back, look at some of his videos, right. like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing. And then he had to work for, like, whatever, 10 years or something to build up the skills to make a channel that had the quality yeah. that it had. So it's like, you know, everybody starts, starts at, at zero. <laughs> All of us start at zero. Uh, so what's next for your channel, yeah. Tom? Um, what is next? I'm trying, trying, I'm hoping, don't hold me to this, this summer to do, um, to move up my like frequency of videos to two a week instead of one. Um, but I also don't want to go insane. So it's a good goal. I did that last summer, like just for the summer, just for the summer I did two a week. Yeah. Well, I'm as a teacher, so I have summer breaks, so it's a little more possible. Um, so I'm hoping that's the case. Uh, we're coming up on 20,000, so I was thinking of trying to do something fun for that. Um, but otherwise, like, I really am happy with with where it's at. I want to kind of, like, I'm at a point where I think it's, a, I just need to kind of, like, grind it out and just keep going to to stoke the fire of the thing that's there, and that's what I, I kind of want to keep doing. Well, videos are great, man. Keep them coming. I, I really enjoy them. I, I've Thanks. learned a lot. Um, I just bought a C-Stand. I may have been influenced <laughs> oh, by yeah. your C-Stand video. Um, yes, outstanding. I, I mean, I have all these light stands, the, these big heavy-duty light stands, but there's nothing like a good C-Stand. Finally bit the bullet. No, there really isn't. Got one. They're like the least... It'll last forever. Yeah, the least fun thing to get. <laughs> They are until you use them, and then you're like, this is so helpful. Yeah. Like, it changes Fantastic. everything. Um, I had to go matte black, though. I didn't go chrome. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about it. I was just scared of it getting, like, scratch. I don't know. I had, there was a whole, like, two-day decision of, like, black versus chrome. And, uh, I'm on the, um, you know, Marquez bandwagon, matte black everything. Right. <laughs> it's not a bad bandwagon. No, it's yeah. great. Um, all right, so let's give your, all your... Uh, your stuff a plug where, uh, where can our listeners sure. find your YouTube channel, your, your Instagram, your Twitter, wherever you're at. Sure. Um, youtube.com slash the enthusiasm project is where all the videos are. And then I am at so darn Tom on Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, that's, uh, anything else you can find from those places there, but that's where I live most of awesome. the time. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the channel. It's uh, you've been a fantastic guest and I, I was really looking forward to Thanks this episode. So much. So, um thanks you know thanks for coming on yeah this was so much fun thank you like ten thousand times for reaching out to me i i'm flattered and honored this yeah, was yeah. a blast awesome well um for our listeners you know make sure you subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already you can find us on anchor or any of the major podcast platforms where you ever uh you listen to your podcast whether it's google podcast apple podcast spotify you name it um the hive podcast is there uh, make sure you uh, you leave a review in your favorite podcast player. And then, um, you know, if you really want to show your appreciation, make sure you uh, suggest this podcast to a friend and we will catch you in the next episode.